What's going on, everybody? My name is Jonathan. Today, I'm joined by two esteemed guests below me, or maybe to the left of me, or to the right of me, is Mr. James Arline. How you doing, James? Doing wonderful. Great. And uh, folks, you've you've seen this man once before on the podcast as well. It's Mr. Tim Collins, the People's Champ, right here. <laughs> and t- today, we're going to discuss our least favorite portrayals of comic book characters in film. I'll go ahead and name Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor because I think that everyone probably could agree on that. Every comic book movie fan, there's no debate there. When you look at what Gene Hackman did in the early 70s and 80s Superman movies, he brought his own different flair. It wasn't necessarily what you would think of when you think of Lex Luthor. However, Jesse Eisenberg was completely a horrible choice i mean it was almost like it was just the complete and polar opposite of what lex luther was in the comics and it was also kind of strange to me at the end of i think it was batman versus superman or maybe uh justice league one of those films where he was almost evolving into the lex luther that he was going to become they shaved his head and he was banging on the prison bars and, and it was almost like he was more like the joker than he was lex luther but right that's what I think. What do you guys think? I can I can agree with that. I feel like that that casting choice wasn't wasn't a good option. I don't know if maybe like they had a very short list and he was the only one with like his schedule open or something. Uh, as far as character development in that, um, I, I, he just he just didn't fit the role for me. He just he didn't do it for me. You know, I just I, it was just a bad fit all around. I think yeah, we can I, all agree on that. I think I think when the the main the main problem with Jesse Eisenberg's is that he he just at at the very least you have to kind of look like the guy you know that that's right. at the very the very least you have to kind of look like the guy and then you can kind of work with the personality and and all that kind of stuff uh, it was just a total swing and a miss they they didn't they didn't get the personality they didn't get um any of the uh in any of the looks i mean i know they shaved his head at the end but that still didn't do it for me i mean ironically enough you know probably probably the worst superman movie ever made was was uh superman returns and and i feel like kevin spacey did a really good job with lex Luthor in that movie and then you know you go from you go from that movie uh and that lex Luthor, which was a terrible movie but a good lex Luthor to you know, to Jesse Eisenberg, and it was just like it, it just it just didn't connect. And it was supposed to be the movie that kind of that kind of brought the whole DCEU together, just failed miserably. So yeah. That was when things started to crumble, in my opinion, for the DCEU. Like, you know, you saw their casting choice for Jesse Eisenberg, and, and I was thinking, like, okay, that's ballsy, but they better follow through with it. It better he better be really good. He better knock my socks off. Just like there was a, believe it or not, guys, there was a lot of blowback when Heath Ledger was cast as the Joker mm-hmm. originally. Everyone was like, oh, you got the guy from uh, Brokeback Mountain. You know, yeah. is, how can this guy be the Joker? But obviously he blew our socks off, you know. So mm-hmm. that's the thing. If you cast somebody like Jesse Eisenberg, you better blow my socks off, Jesse. And you, mm-hmm. and you dang sure didn't blow my socks off. One that I had written down here, and it's a very recent movie. I hardly ever go to the MCU for this stuff because they normally do a really good job. But I feel like what they did with 
Taskmaster recently was one that was just that they changed the character too much anyway. And of course, by the time they got to who the character actually was, it was a completely different storyline than what we had in, in the comic books. So, um, so that's one that just did not do it for me was the Taskmaster. It, it essentially was like a combination of a RoboCop and a James Cameron Terminator. And then, and then we find out it was the daughter of the guy. And, and, you know, now to Marvel's credit, they never officially called that character Taskmaster. They called the program, the Taskmaster Initiative. And that, that so they could just completely go back on it and be like uh that wasn't taskmaster so i'm kind of hoping that's what they do but that that was one that just totally left me left me i i couldn't believe that the mcu would do anything like that it wasn't a character that i had deep emotional ties to so i didn't cry about it or anything but it it was bad and so uh, i i hope they learned from it and moved on so there we go I'm not as familiar with Taskmaster from the comics. I've seen him like maybe in a video mm -hmm. game, I want to say. Mm -hmm. I am like loosely familiar with what he's supposed to look like. But yeah, there was a lot of complaints about that. You know, apparently he's very talkative in the comics. Yeah, not definitely not a cyborg. Definitely not a cyborg. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was uh, it was not it, it was not good. So it, it had the potential to fit that storyline really well, which is why I think we all really liked it when it was introduced. It kind of just ended up being your typical uh, heat-seeking missile villain that, quite frankly, I just was not a fan of. I'll give one that's controversial, but I'll, I'll go ahead and give it. In my personal opinion, I didn't like Tom Hardy as Bane. Mm -hmm. That may be controversial among you guys, but his voice for me was laughable. I guess as time goes by more, I have a little bit less of a problem with it. But the first time I heard that dude talk in the theaters, I laughed out loud. I mean, I thought it was a joke. I was like, this is Bane? No one cared who I was till I put on the mask. If I pull that off, will you die? It would be extremely painful. You're a big guy. For you. Honestly, Tom Hardy's a big dude. He, he can come across as a big guy some in some of the movies he's been in, but he didn't feel that big to me. Like, this is coming from the guy that looks like a twig. But yep. seriously, like, he didn't – he just didn't capture the essence of what Bane should be, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't big enough. Yeah. He wasn't like – he, he should have been – he was very imposing. I'll give him that. You know, and I love the line when he's got the guy by the neck. He's like, you think – what makes you feel like you're in charge, you know, right before he snaps the dude's neck? There was some – there were some memorable lines in there, but honestly, I wasn't a fan of his voice and I wasn't a fan of his look. Yeah, I, I just, and I'll let James talk. I promise. Um, <laughs> but you're you're kind of you're kind of talking to the right crowd here, Jonathan, because I've got even a spicier take than that here in just a second. I'll, I'll get that in just a second. Yeah, I was not a fan of Bane either. I think Nolan got a lot of credit for the the storylines being more realistic and and popular storylines than what they had had. Uh, previously in Batman films but yeah the character of Bane in particular the one thing people don't know about Tom Hardy is he he's not an overwhelmingly big guy I think he's only like 5'9 or 5'10 he's he's really not an overwhelmingly big guy and the Bane that we all know from the comic books is actually like a super juiced like ultra big guy almost like the Hulk so it yep. kind of was it kind of was a, a letdown for me as well the voice was just not good it th there were a lot of interesting voice choices in those films and we'll get to that but 
I do think that uh, Nolan, like I said, I think everybody, everybody loves his cinematography. Everybody loves his storylines. Everyone loves how dark he directs. But ultimately, there were a few things to be desired in those movies. I'm actually going to disagree with both of you. I like Tom Hardy's Bane. Okay, I, that's good. I did a lot, like, a lot I of people did, do. I did. You know, I thought he, the the it, there was a lot of realism in that movie. You know, it was like if it really happened, this is what it would look like. So I feel like it kind of it kind of shifted a little bit from you know the traditional. That, that we're used to, but at the same time, I, I thought he did an excellent job in it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, like for me, The Dark Knight Rises, there was a lot of problems because just like you said, James, director Christopher Nolan really created a grounded, gritty, realistic world and universe. Yeah. With Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, it was just, dang, this could happen in our time. You know, this could, ha- this could happen if there was somebody that had enough resources uh, you know, and technology like this, sure, I can see that happening. But when the Dark Knight Rises came along, all of a sudden we got magical knee braces that heal someone who's been laid up in bed for eight years. And, you know, there's a lot, they took a lot of liberties with the plot, you know. Well, he got thrown in this prison uh, and he got his back broken, but there just happened to be this doctor in the prison that could, you know, pop his back into place without any medical equipment or anything like no this. surgery. <laughs> so yeah, it got a little off and left field for me. I think a lot of people feel the same as far as when you compare the dark Knight rises to the other Nolan verse movies, James, a lot of people feel that way, man. A lot of people like sure. Bane. you know, he's, sure. he's iconic to a lot and everybody likes to do the, I don't know I mean. I fight in the darkness. Everybody likes to do that voice. So, hey, it is what it is. I'll go ahead and give another uh, controversial hot take. I'm not a big fan of Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. That's not con- – dude, have you read inter- – <laughs> do you even internet? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Maybe I'm not in the minority with this one, but – I hate to be that type of guy that's like, you know, she said she should smile more because that was the whole thing, right? With the first movie, like, you know, don't tell me to smile because I'm a woman and I can do whatever I want. You know, it's not that it's just that her personality just feels very dull and bland. You know, it seems like she doesn't really bring much to the table. Her, (laughs) how do I word this in a politically correct way? (laughs) Her Physical attributes, it seems like she's just a scrawny person, you know? And when you think of a hero, you think of like, you know, not necessarily like for female hero, I don't think of like bulky and just like swole or cut up or anything like that. But she definitely doesn't meet, you know, like the expectations that were created from what we see in the comics, right? It doesn't also help that in real life, she's uh, not a very nice person and not a very cool person, at least in my opinion. (laughs) But what do you guys think about Brie Larson as Captain Marvel? Kind of on the same lines of what you said, as far as the, you know, her physical traits, you know, you, you think like she'd be more oof, you know, and more, I don't know. I feel like the role, yeah, I feel like the role that she was in, I just, I don't know. It just, it's something was off. I, I'm, and I'm still, I'm still kind of on the fence with it. Like I liked the movie. Yeah. I liked her character, you know, but at the same time, I was like, more could be given. Yep. The movie was good enough, but even, even when you look at Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, she's not necessarily like jacked, like, uh, China, the female wrestler, but you know, she, 
I don't know, like just physically, like she looks more imposing. She makes me feel like she would be more imposing than Brie Larson. You know, Brie Larson yeah. looks like uh, <laughs> like a basic white chick, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the general opinion is that Captain Marvel is kind of in that lower tier of MCU films. And um, for most, for, for a lot of people, it's right towards the bottom. Mm. And, and I think the reason is because of the casting choice with Brie Larson more than anything. I think the other thing was that the scrolls were just completely different in that movie than, than what we had been introduced to through anim animation and through comic books and all that kind of stuff. They were just a completely different character um, that, that made a heel turn and became became good guys all of a sudden. And so, um, so that, that was kind of an interesting, that was kind of an interesting thing. I, I really think that Brie Larson is the main reason that people don't like the, that movie. And it, it has to do, I think with the fact that they kind of made the character a little too powerful. Like she almost didn't have to try as hard as an actress or as a martial artist or any of that kind of stuff. Like you mentioned Gal Gadot. I mean, she, she obviously took tons of lessons learning how to do fighting and how to do all that kind of stuff she she did fantastic in that movie when you compare the two it's like there's really no comparison i i don't i'm not saying that brie larson didn't do any of that training because she obviously did some with her little scrum with jude law at the beginning and a bunch of other stuff but i think they made the character almost too powerful it left the acting to be desired it left a lot of other things to be desired ultimately you know when she showed up in endgame I was just kind of like, oh, so here, here comes, you know, Captain Marvel to just, you know, knock spaceships out of the air and save the day. It was, it was so lame almost just because, because it was just like, okay, I'm showing up to help you peasants again. You know, it was just a very, it was a very weird way that she showed up to, to help. And so I don't know. I was, I, I'm just not a fan of the character in general. Um, I think most people weren't, which is kind of why they're having to introduce Photon and and Ms. Marvel in the next movie to kind of bolster those ratings up a little bit. Y'all are be excited about that because yeah, I think it's I, hilarious that Brie Larson had such an ego already. You know, like she could, oh yeah, you could, oh yeah. you could just just tell that she was so cocky and just like like when you when you compare her to Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot knew how important wonder woman was to women and how iconic the character was well brie larson already had this attitude and now in her sequel movie it's not just about her anymore it's about photon yeah. and it's also going to be about ms marvel so i uh -huh. think that that's going to spice things up a little bit and make that that movie a lot more interesting i think it's all it's almost like they just they just kind of they just kind of basically said we got to do something to improve your customer service here okay your people the people don't like you and we got to get somebody that can make these people smile and feel good about the movie so um that's what i think they're having to do and so yeah i i'm not a fan of her either if you read the message boards you'll you'll see that's the general prevailing opinion brie larson was a pretty terrible choice for that topher grace as venom oh. Oh, Bro, I can't believe I missed that one. I can't believe I missed that one. I don't know what they were thinking when they cast Topher Grace in that role because he was horrible. Look, it was like I was watching Eric Foreman play Venom, okay, from that 70s show. <laughs> that's all like, it was. It was no, that's all it yeah, was. That's all it was. That's all he was. And it, it was, I don't know. They, it's not like they just offered him a big sum of money. It was like, hey, we really need you to play this role for us, you know, so you know, just, just play it. Just do you, you know, I don't, I don't feel like he did any research on the character. I don't feel like he applied anything special. Yeah. Just, just garbage. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was you, terrible. 
You can tell that, that that Sam Raimi really truly didn't care about putting Venom in that movie. And I've heard those rumors before that you know originally it was supposed to be Sam Raimi creating his Spider-Man movie with just just focusing on the Sandman and possibly the arc between Harry and Peter, but he did not want to put Venom in that movie. And you can tell it comes across the, the screen, uh, not just with the casting choice, but just the whole you know like the character barely gets any screen time. And when the character does get scream time, it's just like Topher Grace does not fill those shoes at all. It's like a nerdy kid. Just the same thing with Jesse Eisenberg playing, trying to play Lex Luthor, a nerdy right. kid trying to play an imposing, you know, villainous force. Like that. Yeah. Just doesn't work. No. The thing about Eddie Brock is that Eddie Brock, he was a jerk, but he was all, he wasn't just a jerk. He was also like a gym rat. Like he was ripped. Okay. And, and, and that's what made Venom so imposing was the fact that he took this, this attitude from this guy when he was, when we connected with him as well as his huge physical status. And that's what made him this, this gigantic fearful monster and uh, toe for grace. It just was, yeah, it was a swing and a miss. There's no, uh, Spider-Man three. I just like to pretend it doesn't exist in general. So another one for me, I cannot pronounce this actor's name. I'm going to try. I'm going to try, but I'm going to butcher it. Adewale, Adewale, Akin Akinuoi <laughs> Agbaji, the guy that played Killer Croc. <laughs> oh. Like maybe uh. I guess maybe it wasn't necessarily his fault, but that portrayal of Killer Croc, oh my gosh, it was just so far off base. Dude, Killer Croc, Killer Croc has been portrayed properly on the big screen. It was just unfortunately in the amazing Spider-Man as the lizard. That was the Killer Croc. All they had to do was take that animation and put it in into the movie, and that was Killer Croc. But they didn't do that. They tried to do that makeup and all that. It was terrible. Yeah, I, I can remember playing. Uh, I don't know if you guys are gamers, but back in the day, I played Batman: Arkham Asylum. I think it was. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yes. When, yes. When Batman gets trapped in the asylum, and that stage where you're you're in the sewers, you're trapped in the sewers, and you have to find a way out. And you're trapped in there with Killer Croc. That is probably the scariest moment in a video game that I've ever experienced. That's mm -hmm. scarier than anything in Resident Evil or whatever else. I mean, mm -hmm. Killer Croc is terrifying in that bit in the game. Then we see him in the Suicide Squad, and he's wearing gold chains. He's watching, like, MTV music videos. Like, wearing a hoodie. Wearing come a hoodie. on, yeah. what is this, like, man? This is not yeah. Killer Croc. Killer Croc is terrifying. He's a wild card, and he is not what they put on screen. I, I agree with all of that. I agree with all of that. You know, the Suicide Squad took a few liberties like that, but um, that was that was one of them I just was not a fan of, for sure. And they made a terrifying character like Silly. That whole movie, though, I'm not going to knock the whole movie because there were parts in it that I like. Um, Suicide Squad, there's parts that I like. Killer Croc, they just... They dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, they just—it just took away from his his him being, you know, this 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 beast, this apex predator. It just took away from all that, you know, with the extra stuff they did. When you look at the new Suicide Squad movie, King Shark is kind of goofy. You know, he's always been a little goofy in the comics sure. and in, in some of the cartoons. He's a little goofy. It's okay. But even Killer, I mean, I'm sorry, even King Shark is a little scarier than what they put on screen for 
for Killer Croc, you know. So yeah, Killer. If 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 King Shark is a little goofy, you know, Killer Croc needs to be just like straight up scary. But yeah, I think we all agree on that. Another one that I'll go ahead and say is Colin Farrell as Bullseye. Didn't oh. really work for me. <laughs> the whole movie, I just like to pretend didn't happen. But yeah, yeah. Let's just. I mean, the Daredevil movie was just. I, I don't even want to get into it. I, I could write I could write a thesis. So I'll just let you guys talk about it. <laughs> what do you think, James? Um, the Daredevil movie was one of those movies that when it first came out and I first saw it, obviously I was a lot younger. But when I first saw it, I was like, oh yeah, this is cool. And then when I went back and watched it later, I was like, wow, this is this is lame. You know, it had like one or two significant memorable moments in it, but the rest of the the, the, I guess the way that it was written and the cast just didn't go in together. But I will give praise to the Netflix series of Daredevil because mm-hmm. I felt like that was done way better than and cast oh, yeah. really well and written so well compared to the uh, to the movie. Everything in that movie could fit exactly for the topic that we're talking about today, right? Ben Affleck was terrible as the Daredevil. Uh, you know, as, as far as Elektra, I think that Jennifer Gardner left a lot to be desired there. I think that uh, Michael Clark Duncan as the Kingpin. I mean, I, I think it's just a fail casting across the board in that in that whole movie. And that's that's one of those things that if you don't have the right cast, it doesn't really matter about the directoral style or the cinematography or the special effects. None of that really matters. Now, all that was lacking as well, and that's why it's a terrible movie. But the, it all started by not having the right cast. Fortunately, they kind of learned from that and moved on. To, and, and you know, when when comic book movies were casted. They, they did a little bit better job with that stuff. So, you know, you can't swing and miss on every character, and they just did. Michael Clark Duncan wasn't that bad to me as uh, Kingpin. He was awful. Stop it. Stop he's it. He's got the look, man. But, Stop hey, what, what I was going to say, it. you guys bring up something interesting, and I think one day I should just do a straight-up full video on this topic. When we were younger, was it because we were kids that these movies were good to us when we originally saw them, or – was it because that that was all we had at the time? We had mm-hmm. such little to choose from. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Yeah, I agree, uh, James. When I was a kid and I saw that film for the first time, I thought it was like the coolest thing since sliced bread. I mean, you know, I can remember bragging to all my buddies about it at the time, all my eight-year-old friends, like, you got to see Daredevil. This movie's so cool. You know, there's such cool action and everything. Yeah, Those movies just didn't age well, you know? No. Uh, Keaton's Batman movies are similar, but they still held up. They hold up better than Daredevil. You know, like it's even the old Superman movies. Yeah, that was Burton's directing style. I think that that kind of introduced the idea of a darker superhero instead of one that was quirky. And uh, it was kind of the first one. And so that's why it's kind of held up a little bit. I'm glad you brought up Batman. Okay, because now it's time for my spicy hot take. Okay, which is that. And I'm going to say this once. And I know that people are going to go crazy, okay? Batman has never been done properly on the big screen. I'm going to say that again. Batman has never been done properly on the big screen. I know you're thinking I forgot somebody. I guarantee you I did not forget anybody, okay? Batman has never been done properly on the big screen. I can find flaws in every single one, okay? Here you go. All right. <laughs> because he wears a lot of different hats. You know, he's not only a playboy billionaire. He's not mm-hmm. only the world's greatest detective. 
But, you know, he, he wears a lot of different hats. He's not only the world's best mixed martial artist or whatever, you know. Sure, you can, you can point out the flaws with Ben Affleck's Batman that he was a murderous psychopath. Mm-hmm. You can point out the flaws with, uh, with Christian Bale's Batman that he really wasn't that good of a detective. And, and some the of the voice, detectives- the voice. We already talked about Bane's voice. We got to talk about this is in a car. And we got to <laughs> okay, oh, that's what that feels like. Give I'm me a break, you, man. I'm glad you brought that up because I will defend the voice. No, there is no defense for the voice. There I is think, zero defense. I think in that world that Christopher Nolan created, it makes sense to me that, like, say, for instance, if I was Batman. Nope. nope. I wouldn't show up to you guys. And, and, you know, if you guys were in the middle of a bank robbery and I popped in and I saved the day, I wouldn't be talking to you guys like, hey, Tim, James, are you okay? I hope everything, I hope everybody's okay. I'll see you later. I have to try to disguise my voice in some type of way. I don't care. I don't care. Do anything else. Do anything else but that voice. Anything (laughs) else in the world. That voice was ridiculous. If I was was a bad guy and somebody showed up talking in that voice, I would be like, dude, do you need to have surgery or something? Like, what's going on? You know what I mean? Like, it it was absolutely ridiculous, man. It was absolutely ridiculous. So yes, so that that was my big that was my big thing with that was my big thing with Bale was the voice. I could not stand the voice. The other thing with Bale was he he kind of as Bruce Wayne was a little bit too carefree. I think you know Bruce Wayne isn't the guy that lets his company just absolutely plummet the way that that Bale's Bruce Wayne did, and so that was one I was not a fan of as well. Keaton. Keaton had that ridiculous suit where he was always kind of moving around like this. And he looked like a cardboard box trying to do karate. Um, you know, there was just, there, there's flaws in every Batman that's, that's been on the big screen. I have yet to see Batman on the big screen and be like, that's Batman. I'll say this about Batman and I'll drop it. As far as the voice, like I said, I don't have a problem with it, but Christian Bale is not my favorite portrayal of Batman. I think my favorite Batman was Ben Affleck. A lot of people think that's crazy, but that's how I feel. I like his costume better. I like. I definitely his like the costume better. better. There's no. I definitely like the costume better. That's that's true. I, I felt like he was a competent billionaire, which was good. But yeah, you're ta- you're right about the murderous rampage. I mean, Batman doesn't use guns, and Batman doesn't ba- Batman doesn't go that psycho on people. So ruthlessly murder yeah. like. Exactly. I would definitely say I would definitely say that Ben Affleck surprised me. I did not expect to like it as much as I did, but I still did not agree with it. As I didn't, it, I did not say that's the Batman I've been looking for. Maybe Pattinson will, will take his. You know, maybe maybe Pattinson's weird emo Bruce Wayne will surprise me, and it'll be the one that does it for me. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like everybody was in that same predicament. Like when we all heard that that Ben Affleck was being casted as Batman, we were all like, oh, well, well that's a horrible casting choice. Totally surprised me. Totally surprised me. I know y'all are like, oh, well, he's murderous and all that. I thought he was he was awesome. I thought he was awesome in that role. And honestly, like said, he he's became, my favorite Batman. I'm, I'm not going to say he's my favorite Batman because I my favorite Batman's another Batman, but we're not going to get into that. But uh, <laughs> if it's from the Schumacher series, I'm going to ask you to leave, James. Don't tell me it's from the Schumacher Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, even Val Kilmer admits he was terrible. Right. No, he said that. He said that. But he's one of my favorite, <laughs> favorite Batmans. Not 
not from the standpoint that we're looking from, but for the nostalgia standpoint. Yeah, so, hey, I can get absolutely. behind that. That that was the first Batman movie I saw in theaters too, so I also have yeah. the nostalgia as well. Right, right. Like, so Kilmer is that. a great actor too, guys. Oh, he's, he's like, a phenomenal actor. I, I I wish they had given him the resources to be a good Batman. Unfortunately, they just didn't. It wasn't really his fault. So they gave right. him bat nipples. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the bat nipples. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, but no, I, I I agree with you. Uh, that Ben Affleck was probably one of my favorite Batman's. I liked him more than I liked um, what's his face? We just Christian? just mentioned Christian. Christian. I liked him better than Christian. Me too. Like I, yeah. I feel I feel like if you would have put both of those Batman's in a room, Ben Affleck would have like torn them apart. You know? Oh yeah, so, hundred yeah. percent. Andrew Garfield in the Amazing Spider-Man franchise. Oh yes. I, I was agree. hoping I'd get there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I didn't like him as an actor in that role. I feel like he didn't. He didn't. He didn't fit the bill for me. And then him as an actor, I just I wasn't impressed with his performance. That whole franchise had so many different characters that just left me scratching my head. I, I had to throw that one in the mix. I would say the one thing about Andrew Garfield, the thing that just is kind of hilarious is that his portrayal of Peter Parker, it, normally when you're thinking Peter Parker, you're thinking like the the least likely guy that could ever be Spider-Man, you know, the scrawny guy, the nerdy guy, the guy that's really nervous around girls, the guy with no confidence, That that's the guy that you think of. You don't think of the emo skater punk that can slam dunk a basketball from half court. You know, if, right. if, if I was a kid at that high school, I would be like, you know, that kind of might be Spider-Man. You know? <laughs> and so that's kind of that, that, that was kind think? Of a weird direction that they went anyway. And then on top of that, like I said, he really wasn't a nerd. He really wasn't. It, his portrayal of Peter Parker was really bad. I felt like his portrayal of Spider-Man, um, even though he tried to get the comedy and the sarcasm and all that kind of stuff. And it just didn't land with me. It didn't feel natural to him. So I don't know. I, I, I agree. Andrew Garfield, the amazing Spider-Man series in general, just not a fan. Yeah, he is not. He's not my Spider-Man. OK, he is definitely by far the worst portrayal of Spider-Man that we've seen on screen so far, excluding the 1970s TV show. But yeah, of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I agree 100 percent. He's too cool to be Spider-Man and just didn't work for me. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Everyone else, thanks for watching the video. Make sure you share, like, and subscribe. If you haven't already, check us out on Instagram. We're at Real Comic Book Cinema. You can also find us on Facebook. Guys, until next time, have a good one.